Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, March 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Missouri Tigers today, and joining us is Mizzou radio analyst Chris Gervino. Chris was the longtime sports director at KOMU in Columbia. He retired from that role last year, but continues to provide analysis for basketball broadcasts with Mike Kelly and sideline reporting for Missouri football games. We spoke about this Mizzou season, which continues tonight at Florida. We talked about the fast start this year for Conzo Martin's team and what Mizzou has to do to shake off this little bit of a losing skid of late. Chris and I also spent a little time talking spring football, which has started for the Tigers. After a break, you'll hear from Conzo Martin, who met with reporters on Tuesday. So let's get started talking Missouri sports with Chris Gervino. Hi, Blair. Chris, how you doing? I'm well. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, helps me out of... Uh, of course. It's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. You too, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I've been... Uh, uh, so, we lost our Missouri beat writer, and um, so they, I've got to fill in for a little while. And so, what that did was it basically took a Missouri guest out of my weekly podcast because I'd always get our beat writer on. Um, so, or a daily podcast. Where did he go? What happened? Well, so his name was Suichi Tarada and Suichi. Yeah. No, I know him. I didn't know. Is he leaving? He left to go to, uh, cover the Celtics for the Springfield, Massachusetts paper. So this was like two weeks. I ago. did not realize. I just saw him. It seemed like last week. Yeah. Two weeks yeah. ago. So we got a bit of a hiring freeze. And so we're having to, and to make do with what we have in the office to, to cover Mizzou for, for a few months, several weeks, it looks like. So, oh, well. Um, but, hey, you know what it does? It, it <laughs> does that mean we might see you? A little more often. It, but, but it gets me reconnected with some people, that um, which I, I enjoy doing, actually. And um, people like yourself. And, you know, I spent some time with Jim Sturk the other day and Conzo and and really, I've never gotten to know Eli. He seems like a really good dude. So, um, but yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. like I said, we do a daily podcast. Let's start. Sure. By, let's start by uh, – I will have introduced you, so we're just going to jump right in. Um, Chris, I just want to okay. – you know, for, for, for me, coming, coming to Missouri when I have here toward the end of the basketball season, that I wanted to get your – interpretation of this Missouri basketball team because they've lost four out of five going into the Florida game tonight. Um, and, but the team that I've seen on TV most of the year has been terrific and uh, based on preseason expectations, a very good season for Missouri basketball right now. Let's, let's go through this season. And um, I guess we'll start in, 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 in the present tense what do you think has been the issues for Missouri as they lose four out of five going to going to play the Gators tonight? Right. Uh, Blair, it's good to be with you. I, I think, you know, really Missouri has this difficult stretch of four losses in five games and had a three-game losing streak. And for whatever reason, the, the defense really left the Tigers for a few games. Those three games they lost, I believe they allowed an average of 82 points, which is so unlike them. You know, they're usually a strong – half-court defensive team under Conzo Martin, and that's really his reputation over 
years and years of coaching, but they uh, got away from their uh, defensive uh, abilities, so to speak, uh, in those three losses. They had been giving up uh, just under 70 per game in the first nine conference games. Then they hit the skids and allowed, uh, like I said, 82 points uh, over the three losses. And they've reeled it back in a little bit. Part of it's scheduling. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Ole Miss has not been a world beater over the years, but they beat Missouri 15 of 18 times that they've met most of those in the SEC. And I really think it's been a tough matchup, obviously, for Missouri. I think that the 1-3-1 matchup zone has given the Tigers trouble over the years. And, and Ole Miss, if you look at them, they've got a lot of really long athletic players. They have four or five guys, 6'6 to 6'9. Missouri's just not built that way. They have a couple of bigger, taller guys. And that's just my, my educated, hopefully, guess at why they've had trouble with Ole Miss. But, but they got them twice uh, in this uh, stretch of four losses in five games. The problem is now you're going into Florida tonight. They've won three in a row and seven of nine. <laughs> they look really good as I prepare for this game. I mean, lead the league in shooting in all categories, and they've been terrific defensively in their three-game winning streak. Then you've got a talented LSU team coming to Columbia. So the Tigers of Mizzou are really up against it now, and this is crunch time for them. After what you said, accurately so, it's been a really good year. Wins over Illinois, Oregon, Alabama, Tennessee. I mean, some good wins there, but lately it's been difficult. Yeah, I, I did some um, some bracketology of my own here the last uh, er, well, earlier today, and I, I think the Tigers are safely in. I, I think the the quality of opponents remaining will allow Missouri to uh, to be in the tournament. To be honest with you, I think if they had made up the Texas A and M and Vanderbilt games, they wouldn't have got even if they had won, they wouldn't have gotten much. Um, you know, there wouldn't have been quality wins for the Tigers. They Now they have an opportunity against Florida and LSU on Saturday to close out the regular season. And then, of course, uh, you know, a worthy opponent in the uh, whoever they play early in the SEC tournament to really build on their credentials. But listen, even if the worst happens I, I and, and Missouri doesn't win again, I still think the Tigers are going to be in the NCAA tournament. You just don't want to. I guess you don't want to leave it to that sort of chance that uh, um, to, to have this losing streak continue. I really have liked what I've seen from this Tigers team most of the season. I love how um, that, that Pinson has is, is, is really taken charge at, at point guard. And Jeremiah Tillman, I think, has made himself a lot of money this year as, as a pro prospect. And I mean, we'll see who all returns next season for the Tigers, but uh, with, with the, uh, with the new rules and everybody's eligible to return, but, um, but I, I, I think Conzo Martin has done a really nice job with this team, uh, senior, you know, senior experienced team. And, um, and, and maybe, maybe they'll, uh, they'll, 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 they'll figure out a way here in the next, uh, next week, two weeks before the NCAA tournament starts to, uh, to regain that, um, whatever it was they had back in December and January. Well, hopefully that's the case because they've got such an experienced group of talented guys who probably, you know, collectively will obviously only be together for these last few weeks of the season, regardless of how many games they play. And, you know, you mentioned Jeremiah Tillman, and that's a guy I should have mentioned, obviously, about the losing skit that happened right when he right. was absent. You know, he found out about the death of a grandparent, I think, right about the outset of the old Miss game or just ahead of that. And he played, I believe, that one. He did play. And then he missed two. And, you know, of course, Missouri lost all three of those games. Then he comes back, they're whole again. They went at South Carolina, looked pretty good, but then had that dreaded old Miss <laughs> jinx with the Rebels. So 
we'll see. But you know, you like to think they 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 will gather themselves and and regroup. And I think you heard uh, also as I did when Mizzou had media availability this week. Torrance Watson was saying that you know Drew Bugs of all people, the first year player here, but a graduate student, older guy who wants to be a coach, brought the guys together and said, "Look, you know, this is the last time we have this locker room. It's the last time we're all together as a group of guys. It's probably only a few weeks, one way or the other." So. Let's make the most of it. I thought that was a sign of maturity, whether it got through, whether it will manifest itself in wins, who knows. But, uh, you know, it's an experienced group that's been with Conzo Martin, and we saw what they could do earlier this season when they got out to that, you know, number 10 national ranking, and they were 13-3 and three and 6-3 and, six and three in the league. And, and I think they were projected back then, and I know it was early as a number three national seed in the tournament. So you just hate to see the tumble late in the year because obviously that affects seeding. If, in fact, they make the tournament, and I'm with you, I think they're in pretty good shape, but you just don't want to leave it to chance or hurt your own cause, so to speak, down the stretch. So, Conzo Martin is in the fourth of a seven-year deal, and I know Jim Sturk actually uh, was asked point blank at a media availability last week, isn't it about time to think about extending uh, Conzo? And, and uh, he's, you know, he said yes. I mean, it, it is, and um, – if, if the Tigers do go to the NCAA tournament this year, it'll be the second one in four years for, for Conzo Martin. I, um, you know, the national expectations for this Missouri basketball team weren't high. Were they 10th? Were they picked 10th, I think, in the preseason? Uh, Correct. Uh, in the SEC? Yeah, 10th. They'll finish higher than that, of course. Um, uh, but what, what are your thoughts on, on, on the progress that uh, Conzo Martin has made with this program and where things stand? Look, there's still – you know, the, 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 the book on this season is yet to be completed, and maybe a lot of it depends on what happens in these next few weeks for, to, to draw some kind of evaluation. But uh, uh, just what have you seen from Conzo Martin, and, uh, and, and do, you, do you think we'll, we'll, we'll see him at Missouri for quite a while? I would think so. You know, he was at his previous stops for exactly three years each, uh, Missouri State, Tennessee, and Cal as head coach. Now, this is his fourth year. He's 64 and 53 uh, overall. Uh, and I, like you, think he'll take the team to the tournament for the second time in four years. They finished fifth in his first season, uh, even without Michael Porter, when he missed, you know, all but three games. And, you know, this year, who knows where they're going to finish. I mean, they're, I guess, uh, seventh uh, roughly as we visit heading into Wednesday's game. But they could finish anywhere, you know, probably from – realistically I'd say five to nine about now somewhere in that range and so split the difference they'd be seven so it's basically a top half of the league finish and I get it barely seven of 14 but um yeah you know he's such a solid guy uh he's close to home where he's from in East St. Louis I know fans always want more and that's what make them fans and they don't like to hear this people don't like excuses but you know they've had a lot of injuries Blair since that first year I mean you look at Michael Porter, who was here just the one year, and they did okay without him. But then John Tay Porter for the next year, Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith, each of the last two years missed many games with injuries. They're up to more than 100 games missed in injuries over the last uh, three years coming into this season. And, and the big years and the big point in this statement is years two and three when they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, they, and of course there was no tournament last year, but they weren't headed that way. It appeared they missed a lot of key guys. I mean, all starting players, you know, and, and, and serious rotational minute players with Michael, the whole first year, uh, and then John Tay the next year, and then Tillman and Mark Smith each of the last two years. And Tillman misses a couple games this year. So 
He's never really had his full group together other than much of this year. And I think we saw how good they could be early. They have to sustain that and kind of bring that back. But I sure can't imagine, especially in COVID times with everything going on, Missouri would think about running him off and not wanting him to be around. And hopefully the feeling is mutual. I do think he's an attractive candidate still to some other schools that have openings because he is a solid guy and teacher and, he had a great line they asked uh, when he was uh, first year hired here about Missouri's recent at that point NCAA troubles and how does he view compliance and you may remember this he said I am compliance <laughs> and I thought that was a great line so he really does everything right uh, obviously fans wanted and hoped for more wins I thought this could be a big season and surpass the 10th place pick uh, and I think they they will maybe just barely but I think they will but but I think you're right at least the feeling around him will uh I think right or wrong be uh, affected greatly by the next few weeks. Does a team bounce back, make a good showing a good run? You can define that however you want, but certainly wins along the way, or do they just slide away, which would be of course the worst case scenario. And I, I got to tell you, they got two tough opponents this week. Florida's going to be really tough in Gainesville. Then who knows about LSU and beyond. I agree. I think he, he checks so many boxes for Missouri. I, I think maybe just um, it gets, get some NCAA tournament success to kind of complete the resume for him. How, mm-hmm. how long has it been since the Tigers have won an NCAA tournament game? It's been a decade, I think. Oh, it's been years. Yeah. You go all the way back because they lost, uh, it would have been, uh, gosh, they lost of course in Norfolk state to in 2012, the infamous first round game. And they lost the next year to Colorado state in 13. So you have to go all the way back to uh, what Mike Anderson's days when they uh, won, right, they beat uh, Clemson right. uh, uh, up in uh, Buffalo and then lost to West Virginia and then lost to Cincinnati in Anderson's last game. So there you go. And that's why two t- trips in four years, if it happens, if you're realistic, folks, is pretty good given the last decade or so, at least come March. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Chris, before we uh, wrap it up, let, let me get a thought on, on spring football. It, started, it has started at Missouri, and uh, we've had a couple of media opportunities with Coach Eli Drinkwitz and some players, I, I was um, I was very impressed with his first season out uh, for for the Tigers, and to th- those those wins against LSU and Arkansas still resonate with me, and the the way Missouri won those games. Um, I know it was five and five, and and they didn't get to play in the bowl game against Iowa because of the COVID protocols, but uh, I. I, I get a sense there are just some good vibes around the football program right now. Is that you agree? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, like a lot of folks, I think if we're honest with ourselves, I didn't expect Missouri to win five games last season with an all SEC 10 game schedule. They had the really impressive win against LSU and got the Kentucky hoax away, at least for a season, they lost four in a row to Kentucky. And of course you mentioned the Arkansas win among others. So I think there is. They've got to shore up the defense, obviously. They gave up about 50 points a game the last three games, which wasn't great. But uh, they've really made pretty much wholesale changes with the defensive coaching staff. And I think the recruiting uh, uh, seems promising. You know, everybody talks a good game about how well they recruited. But in this case, Missouri really got, I mean, a good solid half dozen players from St. Louis that were high-level players. And you're never going to get them all when you're dealing, you know, with the Ohio States and Notre Dame's and even Alabama's and those those schools, but you got to get your share of them, especially as the home state school and most of them. And and they definitely did that really across the board, offense and defense. I think they really helped themselves by kind of securing 
uh, most of the St. Louis area recruits and, and better than they've done, frankly, in recent years. So we'll see. Yep. Connor Basilak back at uh, quarterback. And, uh, you know, he, I liked how kind of self-critical he was uh, when speaking with him last week. He says there were some specific things he wants to work on in, in spring football. I just thought, uh, look, he could have uh, kind of taken a victory lap in his first season of a, as a starter last year, but he said, nope, it's, there are plenty of things to work on, and that's what spring is about for him. So also excited to see Steve Wilkes, the, the, uh, the new defensive coordinator, in action for, for the Tigers. So, hey, Chris, I have really enjoyed this visit. Great catching up with you again, and, uh, and, and I'll be seeing more of you here over the next few months. Hey, thanks, Blair. I look forward to that. Thank you. Now let's hear from Missouri basketball coach Conzo Martin, who covered a range of topics on Tuesday, starting with how he communicates NCAA tournament bracket projections with his team. Hey, uh, Conzo, do you um, do you talk about you know what's at stake, the, the types of things that we talk about, projections, tournament brackets, and seeding? Do you talk to your team about that? Uh, yeah, we talk talk about it. Uh just in ways to, to, to make, make them better, understand the task at hand, uh, not, not to add any added pressures. Uh, and then, you know, oftentimes what I, what I try to do, I push, pull certain guys to the side that I think have a pulse to, to be able to relay certain things to his teammates or their teammates. So, yes, do we talk about all of yes? Yeah. Yeah, Conzo, there have been a number of games before and after that, that you've told us, you know, that, for your offense to work, you need X to, to be more aggressive and attack more. And, and every time I think you've said, hey, this isn't anything new. We've talked about this before. So how do you kind of – do you have to find different ways to say it or how do you get a message to, to sink in that, that seems to have been kind of a recurring problem? Well, I think when you're in heavy rotation as a basketball player, you understand your assignment, what you need to do to be successful. Uh, those are things that we continue to work toward and, and just finding answers and solutions to try to help X uh, because it's not as if we're talking about a guy that's, you know, trying to get minutes coming off the bench, you know, struggling, like, for example, Thomas Watson, trying to get him a minute to get him going and all that. But you're talking about a guy that's in rotation and a guy that you count on certain production and, and at the point guard position. Again, it's just, I think now it's just a matter of doing you know, doing what, what your assignment is and what's asked of you, pushing the ball, putting pressure on the defense, all those things. And everything else takes 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 care of itself. And it's just if it, same thing if Drew Smith is not the guy that he normally is, where he's passive, uh, he's not defending at the level, that's hard because you count on that certain production. So you count on that production and pushing the ball. And whether X scores five points, 25 points, it's, it's how he's operating and everybody else is involved in what's going on within the offense. But if that, that part becomes stagnant, now you have to find other answers. Dave Matter. Kanza, do you feel like you guys are safely in the NCAA tournament or, or how are you approaching that part of it, just whether you're in or not? Well, I feel like we're safely in, but I mean, you still, but that that's not necessarily my talks to the guys. It's, it's getting better, just getting, and it's not necessarily, uh, you, you broke down here and there, you're not playing hard. It's just like, let's be consistent in what we're doing. And I think that's the biggest thing. But no, I, I think we're safe, Liam. But that's not even the topic for me. That's, that's, it's about let's get better. Let's, let's win a game at Florida. And these are the things we need to do to win the game. Mitch? 
And so speaking of Florida, they've uh, held their last three opponents to pretty low shooting percentage in these wins. I guess what, what have they done well on defense and how do you kind of attack that? Well, they've done a good job, uh, one, in taking care of the ball when they need to and not giving up live ball turnovers. That's the first thing is you always have to look at that. And uh, even if a team turned the ball over, you're not giving up live ball turnovers. So give them a chance when they score the ball to set their defense. Uh, and, and oftentimes when they score the ball in the three-quarter court press or sometimes a full court press, depending on situations, then they they finished the game down the stretch in a kind of a matchup zone against uh, Kentucky. They played, and they don't play it all the time. They play it in certain teams. It depends on how successful they are, how long they stay in it. Um, and then, you know, uh, just getting rebounds, uh, forcing teams to do things I guess you don't want to do uh, and make it a half court game. And I, I think the best thing, same thing we talked to our guys about, you, you want teams to be able to score in the half court. You don't, live ball turnovers can cost you, bad shots can cost you. So you want to have your defense set. Now you can defend at a high level. Ken Arnett. Conzo, with all the potential distractions of, of senior day and bracketology and SEC tournament and all that stuff, what's kind of the, the message to your group about, hey, this time of year, this week, this is where I need your focus and, and where your head to be? Well, a couple of things. Um, we always talk about let, let's continue to get better because there's a lot of basketball, but also – the other thing is just just embrace the preparation of what's on the floor. You know, I think those are those are the key things because it's not as if you're adding a lot of new things this time of year. And it's not as if you're adding more guys to your roster. So you know who you are, you know what makes you successful. So it's understanding what makes me successful as an individual player and what makes us successful as a team. And I think those are the biggest things. But I just think embracing the preparation and understanding the scout report, the game plan, the walkthrough, the film study, take that to the game. And allow your only issues, if anything, you call them issues, missed shots. You know, missed shots, a breakdown here, but it can't be a consistent breakdown, live ball turnovers, multiple live ball turnovers, a poor block out here and there, because those things add up and then it becomes a ball game. Bye. Hey, Conzo, how you doing? Right. Good. Hey, I just uh, we've talked a little bit about this before, but we're, we're closing in on the anniversary of, of everything shutting down for COVID. And I, I just wonder if, if you recall what you were thinking as that started happening and maybe in what ways you think our perspective, your perspective on the meaning of sports might have changed since then. Well, I'll follow up, RJ. Uh, I just um, I, I remember sitting in a hotel uh, and really was talking to Mike Kelly. And all of a sudden, an hour later, they canceled the, the, the games. Uh, just talking to Buzz Williams, because we had just passed by, we were talking. Then Mike Kelly, we were talking. Then just they canceled him. And, and, and it was just so many unknowns, because it, to be honest, I, I really didn't know the impact of the virus. You know, just like probably everybody else just kind of hearing about this virus. So he's shutting it down. And then the next thing is, you know, getting back to campus. What's next for our guys? You know, making sure the academic piece, doing the right things, because you didn't know that it would be, okay, you're shutting it down, off campus, all those things. Um, and it just, and it went, and, and all of a sudden you start looking up, you know, there were people losing lives, and then you, you, you go further, loss of jobs, and there's so many things that are going on in our society, and then the impact that it had, just you being with your family, standing at home, not leaving a household, now really importance of wearing a mask, which they talked about, no, you need to wear a mask, and this, yeah, it was just, Every day was just moving now to get to this point to actually be uh, headed back to the SEC tournament. I, I think it's amazing to be able to get to this point to wear a mask and to be accountable to do that, uh, to be able to play games with some fans in the arena. I thought that was uh, 
a great thing to do. And I, I think it'll be easy at first, but we've pulled it off. Yeah, man, it just, it just to be able to play the game and have some fun in playing. You know, you, you want to have fun and it's still competitive. Um, and I think the downside, even though you're dealing with COVID, you've had coaches losing jobs and, you know, in these stressful times and, and some on the surface might seem better than others, how they're handling you winning games. You think everything's okay, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes uh, that you're dealing with. And, um, but, but for us to be at this point, I think it's great. And I seem to remember you feeling like part of the reason the, the social justice movement got a little more amplified last year was obviously the heinous murder of George Floyd, but, but also sort of COVID stopping things and having a kind of a compound effect. Do you still feel that way? Do you feel like your, your role has changed somewhat in, in, in everything since then? Well, you know, I've, I've always had it on my heart to try to do the right things uh, and just, just how, but, but I think oftentimes one, when you work under the university's umbrella, you have to respect the space that you're in. And then the other part is you, you get to a point where it's like, at what point do you stand up and, and understand your impact and your role in society? And it's not to, to create hate, but it's to create, create a voice and say, we all need to do this. Just like everybody on this zoom call right now, you guys are part of, even though you, even if you don't look like me, you're still a part of, you're part of society, you're part of the walk, you have a voice, you have a pen, you have a paper, you can write, you can do the same thing. It doesn't make you no different than me just because your skin color is somewhat different, if that's the case. We're all the same people, we all have the same struggles. If you, if your next door neighbor is struggling because of how they look and you're able to cut your grass and wash your car and have a good time and go to the parks, then who are you? I mean, what's the difference? We're in this fight together. Uh, I was I was blessed to be raised by a woman that didn't. She was just struggling to make ends meet. She didn't have time to say what color is that person. What are you? We we trying to find a way to eat and survive and live. Didn't have time to do the other stuff. So I was never taught that. And I think that's what we have to get in society. We have to get to that point, man. I just because that's all of our right. It's just that that's not just black people's issue. That's everybody's issue. And if you not if you don't think it's your issue, I feel sorry for you. And I feel sad for you. Thanks, Conza. Hey, kind of shifting it back to basketball a little bit. You mentioned just this time of year is about getting better. And you mentioned you're not also, it's, it's, you know, you can't change much this time of year. Do you find it easier because you have more proof of like, okay, this is the things we need to fix to get things done. Or is it harder because you've been set in whatever ways you have? Well, the, the one thing about it, when, when you have a team and a program, and I, I think this team is as good as any, when we click on all cylinders, we can identify, not that I'm going to give you everything right now. We can identify as a team what the issue is. I can, boom, you know, and in, in, in probably the previous two years, not not the first year with Michael Porter, because you still were good enough without Michael Porter. You had enough pieces. The previous two years, uh, you probably just didn't have enough to keep getting over the hump with key guys out and injured. Well, you have enough as a whole right now with this group so you can identify what it is. So it's not as if we sit in the game, oh, this is bad. you know. Because at first we weren't making shots. Well, you're making shots now. Now it's just a matter of putting it all together. The absence of Jeremiah slowed us up somewhere because there's a guy that you're counting on. And that's a tough blow. You can, you can make whatever excuse you want to make about it. It's a key part to what you're trying to do. Uh, but now he's back in the fold, ready to go. So I think our, our guys are just basketball. Now let's get back to basketball and having fun. But it's not a case of, man, uh, we can't do this or we can't do that. We, we can do all the things to be successful. Now it's just a matter of consistently doing them. Kanzo, okay. uh, during, during his time at, at Mizzou, Kobe's, Kobe Brown has kind of made the transition set successfully from being more of a three or perimeter player to more of a four and a post player. How do you think he successfully made that transition over the past couple of years? And uh, uh, why, why do you think it's, it's paying off now in the form of kind of a bona fide inside score? 
I think just just to get down and get comfortable. So I think in high school, you know, he played a lot on the perimeter facing up, even though he's most cases he's probably the biggest guy on the floor, but he was a skilled player. You could play on the perimeter. His dad did a great job putting him in position to be able to do that. But, you know, after a while, you get to a point like in talking with Kobe, okay, it's good to play on the perimeter, but also you're almost 6'8", 240 plus pounds. We got to utilize that because similar to the conversation that I had with, with Jonte, when Jonte was 6'11", so skilled, but, you know, his game was on the perimeter. If he if he faced up in the post, he was kind of off the block to shoot a jump shot. And then a year later, though we didn't get a chance to see it, he dominated in the post because he was so physical and strong around the rim, and he still had the other parts. And the same thing with Kobe. Like, you have to take advantage. You can't allow teams to switch smaller guards on you, and that's not an advantage for us. I mean, that, that can't happen. So it, so it had to sink into him first to understand what we were saying as a staff until he comprehended that part. And then you got to obviously get used to playing the post because not many teach post stuff nowadays. So he had to get used to the fact that playing around the post, being aggressive, being physical. But the most important thing is to understand that there's a smaller guy, he's 6'1", 180 pounds, and he's defending me in the post. That that has to sink in. Uh, if I could ask a, sorry, if I could ask a quick follow-up, RJ. Uh, at, at what point did Kobe kind of – kind of you mentioned Kobe started to comprehend that. At, at what point did that happen? Well, when I, when I say comprehend, not that he lacks intelligence, but to really absorb what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, look at that small guy defending you, man. That, that should be – where I was from, that was considered an insult. This smaller guy's guarding me around the rim. So – I think um, just practicing it because we spent a lot of time, even late last year, just practicing. But he had to get used to it. He had to be in position. Uh, I can't think. I, I, I do remember the game. that I can't I can't remember the game, but he was posting up. Even when Tillman was on the floor, he was posting up because he had an advantage. Like, Coach, I got a guy. And that was big. I think that was the biggest thing, him recognizing and him saying it. I don't remember the game, but him saying it from the sideline. Coach, I, I can post this guy up. Got time for one or two more. Coach got ahead of practice. Dave? Without a game on Saturday, you, you could have gone one of two ways of either, you know, throttling it back or, or getting up and down more. What did you decide to do approach that weekend? Oh, we did a little bit more of, of getting up and down because, again, when, you, when you're when playing in season, it's, it's especially Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, you have a day off in there and then it's, it's prepped toward another team. And I, like most people, you're not doing a lot of running. And with this time off, we felt like we had, we had to get back to the pace we were playing at get back to the better place, pushing the ball, sprinting up the floor. And I, and I think that has a lot to do with X. And obviously, I think Bugs does a good job with it. But X getting up and down, using your speed, attacking the rim, making plays. Even if you get to the rim and he's not finishing strong or questionable call, the ref call it not. Get to that rim and make plays. So now it forces everything else to go. So and then on the defensive side of the ball, consistently work to get our defense set. And then uh, felt like I, I felt like we had a good week. Last question, Gabe. Conzo, going into, I mean, a week from now, it's it's one-and-done situations only. How important is it this week for you, your staff and, and just for the guys' confidence to see, hey, a, a good a couple of good efforts to to show them kind of, hey, we're capable of this going into tournament play? I think it's very important. Uh, and, I, and I don't think, think we necessarily like effort. I think, I think what we have to do is win the games, you know, go out there and play. Because I've said it before, even if you lose a game, which I expect us to go out and try to win two games, you, you should be able to see, okay, that's what we look like. Even if the result ain't what you want, okay, I, I see what we're doing now. And, and I think our guys understand that part. And they're just playing a lot of effort, a lot of intensity, a lot of toughness, doing all those things that we, we talk about doing. And I, and I think we'll get those things done. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, 
Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the Missouri Tigers can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got a deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And what a time to be a subscriber. The Royals are at spring training. March Madness is right around the corner. And when is it not chief season? How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.